This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all A Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With Dylan Hafer Well, go check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast I am Dylan Hafer And today, I am very happy to be joined In the studio, IRL With one of my favorite returning guests You know her as the host of the Andy's Girls podcast Always a great time. Please welcome Sarah Galley. Oh my God. I am so excited to be in the Betches. This is, guys, just so you guys know, this is an event. I am in a historical monument right now. Wow. Wow. I, <laughs> I'm just glad when I go on your podcast, I always realize two minutes before we start recording that I'm supposed to have a tagline. And so this is just a relief because I can just like say hello. <laughs> Honestly, you know my taglines at this point are hello because Andy's <laughs> Girls is 300 plus episodes in and every single episode the guest has a tagline and I have a new tagline and I don't know at this point how I do it. I don't know. Yes. Uh, so you had your most recent live show to celebrate your 300th episode about a month, almost a month ago. About, about um, three and a half weeks ago if we're going to be specific. And I oh, actually about a month ago. Yeah. I was in attendance. A great time as always. I, you had a live appearance from one Kelly Kaloran, Ben Simone, and I have to say it was, it was a really surprising experience in that I didn't expect to genuinely enjoy Kelly's energy as much as I did. And I've, I've thought about that a lot in the last few weeks because, you know, there, who knows what's happening with all of this like Roni legacy and whatever, but I like, I keep coming back to like, I, I, I'm on the Kelly train now. You did that for me. Well, first off. Well, she did it for she did it for herself, but like you facilitated it happening. First off, on behalf of just the community of Kelly, what are we what are we calling ourselves? I'm the I'm up here's or something. I don't even know what we would be, what our fun little celebrity nickname is. The jelly beanie babies. The jelly beanie babies. And PS, I did have her sign tropical flavored yes. jelly beans, of one of which I have in my recording office, which is nowhere near as nice as this, but um it's pretty nice. It's, it's pretty nice. I'm not gonna lie to you. Um so I felt kind of similarly in the sense that people when word came out about the split. Yeah. Um I people would mention Kelly and I was like, Kelly, like really? Are we really are we are we being sincere and serious when we bring right. her up as a as a potential um addition or part of legacy in some way? And then honestly, her energy at the live show was really interesting and fun. And light in a way where I was like, oh my God, just interacting with her and the fact that she has learned, and I don't mean this as an insult, but like seemingly nothing from the sense of like, we had a question from an audience member about, you know, would you be more strategic if you returned to the show? And she immediately said, absolutely not. Like, we're supposed to just have fun. Like, it's not supposed to be like a show or something. These lessons that you would think someone 
would learn she's decided not to. And I love that. I actually think that's kind of incredible. She wouldn't, she says, I would never think about what I was going to say on camera. We're just supposed to be having fun. Like I have a job. I don't have time for that. I'm I'm busy. I'm selling a hundred million dollars of real estate. Why would I think about what I'm going to say on camera? And I'm like, yeah, why would you? You would be the only one of a hundred or however many current housewives we have, which is a much smaller number, who would not, I think, is there anybody else who's so selectively oblivious to sometimes what it, what, what housewives currently requires, which is some sort of frame of mind? I almost feel like sometimes I might put Jen Shah into that category but in a different way because I feel like Jen just like goes into a blind rage and like doesn't know what she should and should not say. Whereas I think Kelly is more just like unfiltered. Yeah, I think in, I, I've, I've, I, I can't think of anybody. Maybe Mary Cosby was kind of that energy. A hundred percent. If there's a Mary Cosby. Oh God. Apologies to Kelly. There's like, it's not like a total Mary Cosby, but like the vibe of like, what am I doing? I'm just here for fun. And whatever happens, happens. It's it's it would be fascinating because nobody Jill Zarin would be the complete opposite. Ramona, if she was back, would be Ramona. Like Luann would be the opposite. It would mm-hmm. be interesting to see Kelly there. Right. Jill would be like, I had Allie prepare me a dossier on all of the other <laughs> ladies and what they've said about me in the last 10 years. <laughs> I mean, Jill Zarin, you know, who I'm a fan of. That's not a dig. Not a dig, but one of her most iconic moments was going on Watch What Happens and having her assistant secretly record it because she was concerned about the edit and then having that get inadvertently released, just like the information that she had done that. The woman knows herself a Q rating and like knows how she wants to spiritually and quite literally score. So I think it would be fascinating. Totally. Speaking of some former housewives who are still invested in what's going on on their past show. We got to talk about what Lisa Vanderpump had <laughs> had said in the press because Lisa press, Lisa Vanderpump and Garcelle have forged this interesting friendship that seems to me. I don't understand it aside from the fact that they have been on the same show. Like, I don't see like why they would be friends if it wasn't like kind of a good look for both of them, maybe. But Garcelle was at the grand opening of Lisa's new Vegas restaurant, Vanderpump à Paris. (laughs) Lisa does Paris. I mean, good for her. I have heard genuine good things about her spot at Caesar's palace. And now a couple of years later, she's opening a second spot in Vegas. So good for her because she has to be making money. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. So you famously just came back from a trip to LA. I did. Where you did do a tour, the official tour of the LVP hotspots. Regrettably. And I did see your review of the goat cheese balls. Yeah. And so I just want to ask, so when you say that people have been highly yes. positive reviews of her um Vegas spots is that because they're beautiful or have they like literally participated in the eating of no, the consumption heard, of the foods and the beverages I have gotten numerous DMs messages whatever that are like oh sir sucks but her spot in Vegas is good like that type of vibe where it's like surprisingly this is actually like the cocktails are good or I don't know this food specifically but like people like it 
is what is the vibe I've gotten. And so I'm not like a Vegasy person, yeah, but I do think like if I was in Vegas, I would still feel invested in like going to the Vanderpump Cocktail Garden or maybe Vanderpump Papari. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but to to cut to the chase, so at this event there was press. Obviously, at the grand opening, of course, there was press. Lisa was asked some questions, and specifically, she was asked about Erica throwing Garcelle's book in the trash on Instagram, which. Personally, I'm still kind of obsessed with the fact that she did that. What a stunt. I love to see it. Um, But this is what Lisa said. Quote, I thought that was kind of pretty mean, honestly. Pretty mean. (laughs) Let's just take a moment. Maybe Erica didn't understand it. Maybe Garcelle should have sent her a scratch and sniff book or something. I actually sent somebody to get it out of the trash. I read it and it was really damn good. First of all, this is so funny because it's like she's constructing this like fictional fantasy of like she's sending like her son max to go dig through erica's trash to get the book and it's like we know you were sent the book also (laughs) i don't believe she read it but i believe she care i believe she likes garcelle enough to say nice things about the book but the scratch the scratch and stiff thing it's just so funny because i feel like erica and lisa like they never were really like enemies not so much. Well, I think it's Erica's relationship to everyone else who Lisa right. Vanderpump can't stand. And also, you know, disliking Erica and saying she's a piece of shit is kind of fun. And she makes it so easy. Yes. And so at Bravo Housewives posted that quote about the scratch and sniff book. And Erica commented, quote, that's rich coming from someone whose breath reeks of garlic, cigarettes and Chardonnay. Hashtag halitosis melting face emoji. I mean, listen, it's like, first off, this whole relationship with LVP and Garcelle, Garcelle's son, Oliver, works either at the Vegas location or works for Lisa's company. So I don't think it's these women actually developing a friendship, even with a wink. I think it's genuinely Garcelle showed up to support her son. Okay. And also it made sense. Like if her book just came out and whatever, but I think the starting point is not Garcelle is like, let's have a friendship or even Lisa having that. I think it started okay. because yeah, of her I could believe I can buy that. So there's that. And I don't know if that's true. And I'm sure I'll about it if it's not. But like that, that is what I think how Garcelle has kind of encapsulated it. So the way that other women, like the Fox Force, whomever, may interpret it as Garcelle fucking with them, I don't think is valid. So it's like we're starting from a point of you guys are coming up with something of she's maybe coming at you in a way that she she truly isn't. As we know, Garcelle is a queen and doesn't have time for that and is also promoting a book. So like 60-40. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to Erica, Erica has this trait of st- not quite Rinna-esque, like not as clownery style. Fun words are great, phrasing, et cetera, whatnot. But um Erica, I think sometimes has a habit of like doing things to get attention and be shitty and then being like, why are you reacting to this? Like, this is on you for reacting to me looking for attention and fucking with someone, but it's ultimately their fault for responding. And that's where I get annoyed with her quippy responses. Cause I'm like, you're just a shitty person at the yeah. end of the day. She loves, she does love a social media clapback, And I think I appreciate it because I love mess and I like seeing people kind of like engage. Like that's fun for me and it mm-hmm. gives me like stuff to post about. But I do think the way she does it is like she wants to 
assert that like, well, you came for me, so I'm going to come for you. And in this case, it's like, okay, so technically Erica came for Lisa because Lisa said something about Erica, but that was because Erica put the book in the trash. And Erica says she put the book in the trash because Garcelle was said something mean when she was promoting the book. But then Erica was also horrible to Garcelle for like the last however long. And it's like, it feels like Erica thinks this is like a, I clapped back and now I won. But it's like, what are we even, what's happening here? Like, also, it's just, it's just funny because I think Erica, LVP is not on the show. Right. She's not going to be on the show for the most likely. So it's like, for people like Erica or Kyle or Dorit to like, respond to stuff that LVP is saying it's like you could just like never think about her again well also you sort of need this but then you pretend you're above it but it's also like okay Erica being cheeky or being like yes queen or snapping back or whatever was fun for a while I think the expiration ran out around the time we found conclusive evidence that her husband stole over a hundred million dollars much of which was used to fund this like snapback yes queen style so when she does these bitchy things on social media i continue to think what 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 is the continued cost of that because we just watched a reunion where you said proudly that you don't give a fuck about anybody but yourself and if anybody discusses the um victims it's because they're essentially on the come up and they're trying to get attention you don't actually mean it the only person that i care about is me and now we're watching her like pretend to play the victim of this dumb social media thing that is enjoyable. I'm not going to say that it's not, but it's like, okay, you're still playing the bitchy queen, which is something that we used to love. I loved it when she started and was on the show. I was a fan of Erica, but now that we know the cost of it and now that we know like the mean underneath it, like the edge of growth that she's constantly stepping over into the abyss that is now Erica Girardi, nay Erica Jane. It's like, okay, well, we already know that you're a dick. We've seen the trailer. We know that it's going to be a tough look for Erica stands. So it's like, are we going to pretend to continue to be like, yes, halitosis, hashtag funny, LOL. Or are we going to be like, yeah, you just kind of suck as a person. You don't yeah. really have a sense of humor. You don't. You're just mean at the end of the day. There's not a wit behind this versus Garcelle who can be cheeky and light and is not cutting. And if she says, you know, you do a pretty good job of like being a piece of shit. You don't need my help. She's not wrong. You know, there's a difference here. And the balance, when we see Erica more and more without the help of the Bravo edit, it just doesn't reveal a lot of great. Yeah. Splash Refreshers are the delicious zero-calorie beverage I'm reaching for again and again when I'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful. I believe in the three-beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash spices it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. Lately, my go-to office beverage has been the Splash Wild Berry flavor. It's so nice to just put a few in the fridge at the beginning of the week. Grab one whenever you want something nice and refreshing. It's just the right amount of flavor, just the right amount of sweetness. You know the vibes. When you want something refreshing, when you want something hydrating, Splash is the perfect thing to reach for. It perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. And it's available in five craveable flavors. Wild Berry, that's my favorite. Acai Grape, Pineapple Mango, Lemon, and Mandarin 
Mandarin Orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I want to talk to you a little bit about selling sunscreen. Oh my God. And I feel like, I feel like Erica almost wishes she could be like Christine Quinn. 100%. Because I think Christine, everybody who watches the show is like, Christine's a bitch. But like the way she does it and the way that show is constructed, it doesn't have to feel heavy or like you're, there isn't kind of this like, dark side of Christine being a bitch because it's just like for entertainment and it feels like she's just being a bitch because she knows it'll get under these other women's skin. Whereas like when Erica tries to perform the same, like, yes, honey, I'm going to be a bitch. (laughs) It's like, no, but like what's going on with the victim, what's going on with your lawsuits and your bankruptcy and all of this stuff. Well, I feel like there's a difference between stakes, artificial and otherwise, and literal victims. Like Erica is still attempting to Christine her Christine Quinn herself to ongoing greatness, but it's the stakes have changed because it's not just like being a bitch and whatever. There are actual people who have been victimized, victims of criminal fraud that have changed their very sad, upsetting lives into a place where they are not able to get the kind of help that is owed to them because their money was stolen. And because we know some of that money was used to pay for the Cartier panthering. So if you are filming a scene where you still think you are Christine Quinning yourself to renewed greatness on BH, but we're looking at that, like Christine Quinn, whatever you want to say about her is doing the work of like 63 people on that show and she's necessary regardless of how much Chriselle tries to make us think otherwise you need Christine there with Erica it's like you're still attempting to play that part but we know the cost of it we know the people in the other roles and so it's hard to have that artificial universe or environment or even aesthetic because there are victims involved in this. Right. Like we've been taken out of the fantasy land of Erica Jane right. too much to like just enter back in. And I'm sorry, apologies to Chrishell, but like Kalisha. <laughs> but like <laughs> But like oh, she is <laughs> she is, you know, she is painting herself a little bit as like this ongoing victim, as many of the other women are. Right. And it's it's a lighter touch than is, in BH. I feel like the public opinion on Chriselle, I haven't seen this whole season yet. I'm, I'm on episode in, nine. Uh, yeah, I've seen, I've only seen the first few episodes. I feel like the- the I started pu- yesterday, so I the, the public sentiment on Chriselle is starting to turn a little bit with this season that I think in the the seasons that came out like last, last year, like um, when she was going through the divorce and stuff, it was mm. very like Chriselle, like St. Chriselle. Yeah. She's 
the victim and understandably so by the way i yes. was like a team oh team abs- saint chrishell absolutely i i love chrishell yes but yeah. i think w- with the season that came out in the fall and then especially with this season it's like okay enough time has passed you're not wallowing in the divorce anymore and you are not the new girl at the oppenheim group you're in fact dating the boss and potentially maybe receiving some preferential treatment because of that on this season of the show. And it's like, you don't have the like sympathy card anymore. And I think with, with the Christine stuff for a while, there was the, a lot of people watching the show were like, Oh, like Christine's being so mean to poor sweet Chriselle. And I think like poor sweet Chriselle isn't really a thing anymore. And so like, now it's kind of like, Chriselle, like, everybody's on the show. Like, you begging Jason to fire Christine just feels kind of, like, a little weird at this point. A little desperate. Also, doesn't it help Chriselle a little bit that Christine says things like she's just getting the houses and the listings because she's fucking her boss? Because at least in that case, we do believe that they're in a real relationship. So, like, when I saw that moment, I was like, actually, that kind of helps you because people... I don't know that I'm even one of those people, but people do have questions about whether or not this is real. And I'm like, well, at least Christine's playing in the universe that you guys really are dating. That does help you. There was a moment, I think it was in the first episode of the season when they were in Mykonos. Oh, vey. And Amanza said something. She was like, well, we know no couple is perfect except Jason and Chriselle. And it's like, are you, are you fucking kidding? Like, it's one thing for me to believe that they were in an actual relationship, but it's like, this show is not going to sell me on the fact that Jason and Chriselle have like the world's deepest, truest love, especially considering the fact that they have now already broken up in real life as we are watching this season. I'm like, Amanda, please. Wait, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Do you think that it's real? Um, I don't know, but also I feel like with Selling Sunset, and I know this is not Bravo, but it's like Selling Sunset is like one of the only non-Bravo reality shows that I feel like is as fun to dissect. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't really care what's real on Selling Sunset. I love that answer. I don't, people get so hung up on the like idea of reality TV construction and like, what situations are maybe a little bit producer arranged. I think Selling Sunset certainly is more in that direction than anything on Bravo, but it's like, I don't, I don't really care. It's I'm enjoying it. And it is also one of those things where let's say it's not real, which I don't, I actually do think that it's real, but let's say it's not real. When there are those scenes and those moments of Chriselle being like, fire Christine, fire her now, it doesn't matter whether or not she's actually dating this man, she still has influence because she is seen as like the, um, oh my gosh. She's like the protagonist. Yes, that's exactly, I was a prototype. Nope, she's not a thing well, that we're designing, but yeah. maybe, I mean, she is seen as the the center of this universe or the narrative thread through which Selling Sunset um, has been sort of told to us. So she does have a lot of power and influence. And also, by the way, if she is a real real estate agent and Jezebel or somebody did some sort of breakdown of like, here are the people who actually mm-hmm. <laughs> sold properties and like, oh, none of these people are real. Like they yeah. were assisted by someone real. Whatever the ins and outs of it, 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 like she, I do think 
is genuinely selling property and has gotten a ton of business from the show. So it's like when we talk about, you know, how Chriselle's doing pretty well for herself. So when she, this like whole through line of hatred for Christine, I get it. I'm sure I would feel the same if I was in her position, but also like you're doing okay. Right. She's helping you, ma'am. Right. Like, do you or do you not want a storyline? And a show. Like, they don't have a show. Yeah. I hate to be that person because I hate I hate when I hear that stuff, when it's, like, Bravo-related of, like, we wouldn't have a show with this person. And it's like, well, no, there are other, like, last season of Beverly Hills. We wouldn't have a good season without what happened with Erica Jane. I don't believe that. I think the cast is really strong. I think this upcoming season is going to be great. Like, I, I think that we would have still had a very successful season of BH regardless of what happened with the Erica and Tom reveal mm -hmm. or the Tom reveal. And it's um, After Effects and Shockwaves with Erica. And with Selling Sunset, I'm like, I still would like this. This would still be in the words of Brian Moylan in talking about um, Beverly Hills. It would still be rich women doing things, you yes. know, like, but Christine adds something, you know, she just does. Right. The narrative arc of the last like three seasons doesn't happen without Christine. Right. I also can, another kind of comparison between Bravo Housewives and Selling Sunset for the first time this season, they're doing a reunion. I can't believe it. I, I didn't know enough to wish for this. They've never done a reunion before on Selling Sunset. And I think that will actually be a really interesting watch because there is so much conversation about how Selling Sunset is fake and staged and all of this stuff. And so to, I really am curious about sort of how they're going to perform the act of a reality TV reunion because for what it's like... Whatever you think of Housewives, some of the stuff being staged or planned or anything like that, when they sit down for the reunion, I feel like 95% of what we're seeing is like real feelings coming out 100%. and real discussions of real things that happened, even if some of it was like producer assisted. And with Selling Sunset, there are there's a lot of chatter about it's like, oh, this is completely fake. And I'm like, okay, so then what is what? Do, how does that play out at a reunion? And I, that's such a good point. And I also think, you know, so I, you know, I like when I watch TV, I, I watch it like 37.8%. So I'll usually watch <laughs> things more than once. So I am on episode nine, but it's like, do I remember one through eight? Not really. Um, but there is a moment, this is not a spoiler, but there is a moment in a group conversation where Davina looks at Chelsea, the new, I love Chelsea. I am obsessed with Chelsea, uh, the new real estate agent who was ostensibly brought on to be team Christine, which everyone acknowledges on camera and off. Um, but there's a moment where Davina looks at Chelsea and Christine and is like, you just brought us, this is produced. Like she doesn't say this is produced, but she, uh -huh. she pretty much says it. She's like, you just brought us here to say this on camera. Like this doesn't feel real. And Davina is the one who's saying it, which is interesting to me, both because Davina knows that's what's happening because she and Christine used to do it. And also Davina is pissed that she's now in the position that she used to put other people in. And it's wild because I think this season has done the most, maybe because they didn't feel like they were in a position, but to acknowledge the ways that the show is in fact manufactured. And there is a friction felt by everyone else but Christine and now Christine and Chelsea where everyone else is like, this isn't real to us and we don't wanna be with this person. And then Christine is like, 
no, I'm going to cry and emote, and I am very sad about the ways you guys have treated me, and I would like to move on. And it's this, like, push and pull. Yeah. I think we see that often on Housewives, where there's a somebody who just doesn't really get along with much of anyone in the group. Mm-hmm. And obviously, there are times when it's a situation where it's like, oh, well, like, the group of friends is all together, and that includes this person because she also signed a contract to be on the show this season. But with with the Christine dynamic, it really is like, I believe that all of these women genuinely like each other and like fucking hate Christine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so the fact that she, Christine's not allowing them to pretend that they aren't going to be, or she's not allowing them to just like acknowledge that they're not really friends because she's always going to be like, sending flowers to Heather's bridal shower or like being like, no, I really do. Like it pains me that we're not friends. The way- I thought Mary and I were going to be in each other's lives forever. And it's like, get that paycheck mama. <laughs> and poor sweet Mary is spinning out about this, by the way, she is like at her wits end with what I think this show has become. And the fact that she does not, she has power in the lives of the twins, but she doesn't have power over, um, the ultimate edit and who's in the cast. And that I think is fascinating to watch. Can I just say one quick thing that just, just occurred to me and it's going to be controversial and I don't mean it to be, but I'm just going to say this. When Emily and Gina joined Orange County, Mm -hmm. I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. I was not into it. I thought they were annoying. I did not understand, understand Gina especially. And what I have grown to feel is an enormous amount of, affection for both of these women even when they do things i don't agree with yeah a la shan for whom we both know i stand mm-hmm. hashtag prayers, shan Bador. Yeah. hashtag prayers for archie Bador. we are praying for you my, my sweet friends my puppy friends but um I, I have really grown to enjoy them and i actually even unrelated to how they behave when they come on camera i'm like oh like fun i sort of feel that way about someone in the cast of selling sunset and it's it's not going to make me an audience favorite for the people listening to this podcast. Oh, don't say Emma. No, I forgot. Oh, okay, good. Our wonderful vegan food empire, frozen food empanada, empanada, queen. empanada Emma. No, definitely not Emma, who I forget is there every time, even though the moment she steps into a scene, the rest of the cast is like, oh my God, Emma's here. They give her a lot of screen time this season. They did. Okay, go on though. Heather. Oh, I like Heather. Heather? She was very annoying at the beginning. She was very... And then when she came for Amanza, I was not here for it. was not here for the mommy shaming, but I am really enjoying her. You know who I would put... Speaking of an OC comparison, I put Heather Ray Young, Heather Ray Elmusa, um, a little bit in a similar box to Alexis Bellino. Um, A kinder... Well, I don't want to say a smarter Alexis. Apologies to Alexis. In the way that like smarter maybe but like still dumb <laughs> yes 100%. Still not, and i don't mean that in a rude way no, I she's mean in that her own in cinderella story way. she's in her own little cinderella she is story. over there like asking what's in an oreo and i and like in the way that it's like i think she is annoying but in a way that is somehow pleasing to me and i think that she is often wrong but like in a fun way I now. Just kinda, I just kind of, just kind of works for me. Because I don't think she means ill. I think she really does overall in her life mean well. Yeah, and I think it's it's weird because 
the last couple seasons, she is so invested in this relationship with Tarek, but we don't really get, that's not really like shown to us. Thank God, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we don't need Tarek on any more well, I don't want to know. I don't want to know more about that. Let's keep that. Let's keep that. But I almost, I almost love that because of that, I feel like we only see surface level with her on the yes. show and I kind of love it. I fucking love it. Spring has sprung, and that means it is time for some spring cleaning. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring ones, make sure you are using Ibotta to get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items, from groceries to beauty supplies to toys, so you can make sure you're shopping smarter, not harder, no matter what you are purchasing. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of a spring wardrobe refresh, a new warm weather bedding set, or a flight for that summer getaway you've been eyeing. Other apps, they give you points that don't amount to much. But with Ibotta, you just add your offers in the app, upload your receipt, and you get real cash that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers, including all your favorite grocery stores, Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying by using the code MENTION when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use code MENTION. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code MENTION. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX is The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. I'm curious, though, I want to get your thoughts because I feel like a lot of people, anyone who comes in the public eye as a Bravo fan, you're always like, she could be on Housewives. Mm -hmm. And with Selling Sunset, it's kind of an obvious thing because it's, you know, a reality show about a group of women. Mm -hmm. Is there anyone in the Selling Sunset cast who you think would genuinely be an exciting addition to either Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or Orange County? I mean, I think that Heather is an obvious choice, but here is where I'm going. No, I was going to say something, but I was like, I don't even know that I can sell it to myself, which is I think Heather is an obvious choice for a fun, sometimes strong beta on Orange County. I was almost going to say, and then I changed my mind, it would almost be interesting to see Heather on Beverly Hills, even though that role is played by Kyle, because I think there's something to be said to have people in the middle who aren't necessarily strongly aligned with the Fox Force, whomever. Like, I think that that for some reason, it makes sense to me to have Heather in Beverly Hills, even though it would be a clunky fit. There's something about it because she is, she does have a little bit of a light to her, which I think is nice. And in yeah. those moments of darkness, a la Erica Jane, it would be nice to have someone in there who's just kind of reacting, who's not necessarily totally aligned. I do wonder this season if we're maybe going to get a little bit of that middle role from Diana. Who's joining the show? I don't know, Diana. This she seems whole thing like a wild Di- card. She seems like a wild card, and she seems like something something's going to happen with Diana and Sutton, which makes me a little nervous for Sutton, even though we know Queen Sutton can carry her own. Um, talk about a woman who needs a candle. Um, 
you know, I, 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 I don't know. When it comes to wild card, I think absolutely we're not going to be able to know like which way Diana's going. Yeah. But she doesn't see, appear to be someone who's going to be adding color commentary and not taking a side. I think she's going to be demanding we take hers and we very well might. I know. I, I kind of love that. I think, yeah, Heather to me would make the most sense if I'm thinking OC. I could kind of see Heather and Noella getting along. Oh my God. Honestly, we need someone, if Noella stays, and I want to give your thoughts on that, we need someone to like spending time with Noella because right now Shannon is almost taking on this like caregiver role yeah. with her. Like I have pity on you and I want to make sure you feel supported and also everyone else hates me. So I sort of have no choice. Right. And it would be nice if Noella stays that we had someone, and again, it's like the worst thing whenever someone says to you, I don't mean this as an insult, which means I don't want to get in trouble <laughs> for insulting you. I'm about to say something you. horrible. I'm gonna say, I, I don't want to take mind, responsibility for it. In my mind, I'm justified. <laughs> like we need someone a little bit dumb to like fall for Noella. Like when Noella says she's sad about something or when Noella says like, this is the truth and there's no reason and I'm not manipulating this because I want to be a star. We need someone to be like, that's right. You're not trying to be a star. Like I'm just here to support you and have fun. Heather would be great at that because I think that's how she would actually feel. Right. I could see Heather coming on the show and she'd be like, I met Noella at an event a few weeks ago <laughs> and she is just like so cute, so pretty, so fun. We have a lot of fun laughing together and I'm excited to get to know her more. Like, I feel like she would be kind of like open enough. She wouldn't have like a preconceived notion about Noella. Whereas I think a lot of women you would bring on the show would be like, yeah, I don't want to touch that. And I think you're right about Noella's friendship with Shannon friendship in air quotes. Yeah. Because I think it's more of a, it's more of a necessary relationship for each of them on the show like a symbiotic situation than it is any kind of real relationship not even a not even like they need to be besties off camera but like I don't even think they're really like friends I just think you're right Shannon didn't have many allies this season and ditto Noella every we saw everyone kind of take their turn going to talk to Noella about the divorce and then like tapping out and Shannon was just sort of the only one who was willing to stick around. And that's not a great position to be in on Housewives where you're like, yeah, I'll take what I get. I guess I'll talk to whoever can tolerate me. Yeah. I mean, if you watch the Orange County after show, there's this like glazed over lightly pained look on Shannon's face because she was paired with Noella for understandable reasons on the oh, after show for the whole season. Yeah. For the whole, for, so all these after show episodes, Shannon's like, what's happening. I don't even understand what you're talking about. And I just wonder like if it was Heather, not to say Heather should replace Shannon on the show, but if there, which I would never know Shannon for life, Shannon for president of the universe, like Shannon for WeWork. Like I <laughs> want Shannon to stay forever and ever. Amen. But I do think that when it comes to like alliances, friendship and light, Heather would make a lot of sense. That Shannon and Noella dynamic almost reminds me a little bit right now of what's happening with Teresa and Jennifer on Real Housewives of New Jersey that I think in a way, and I'm, I'm picturing Jennifer as the Shannon and Teresa as the Noella, that I think what's happening in Nashville, like 
Jennifer has hitched her wagon to Teresa in a big mm-hmm. way. And I think that's in general served her well on the show because I think she has, you know, ascended a lot in mm-hmm. the last few seasons. But now Teresa is kind of in this weird season of pissing everyone off and really saying some indefensible things. And Jennifer is kind of like, oh, but I was trying to get along with everybody else. And I thought I was, I'm I'm kind of doing good at that. So the fact that I have to like backpedal and be on your side and kind of defend you right now is kind of messing up what I have going with the rest of the cast. And I think Jennifer has never been in a better position with the rest of the cast than what we've seen the last few episodes. Her, you know, making up with Margaret. She's doing pretty good with Jackie. She, I think, is okay with Melissa. And it's like, so I feel like it's almost hindering Jennifer at this point that she really, like, has to defend Teresa. And I wonder, you know, like, if Teresa were to not be on Real Housewives of New Jersey next season, Mm. like, I think that would kind of make Jennifer's life a little easier all of a sudden. I don't know that I agree in the sense that I totally agree. (laughs) Number one, but number two, something changed at the end of the the newest episode when Jennifer decided to make the decision with a little bit of affection in her voice to say, Marge doesn't really like your apology. Marge, would you like to? Tell us more. Like there was a moment where Jen's like, this is it. Yeah. This is where I can play the part of someone sort of in the middle, even though I'm not, but I can make some fireworks happen. I'm going to light the match. And the way that she has responded on the after show, I hate to be like the after show bitch, but it's a role. After show bitch. It's a role I was born to play. Um, The way that she has stood for Teresa, tried to translate for Teresa, explained to Teresa that the body shaming Teresa repeatedly said about Marge was like understandable because you're just trying to be shady. Like Teresa, remember you were trying to insult her. Remember like this was an insult. Is that why that's why you were doing it? Teresa's like, Oh yes. Insult is what I, you know, like the way that she has reinforced Teresa's behavior to Teresa to remind her and explain to her the reasons that she did things the next part of that being in order to excuse them is fascinating. Yeah. And it makes, it does, it's like Jennifer is having a little bit of a panic mode because maybe she feels like, oh, if Teresa is like, maybe I can't do the show without Teresa or maybe I would be kind of lost in the wilderness. So I need to kind of like bring real Teresa in, but it's not, that's not actually possible in a way that's like, good i mean i think that i totally get that and i agree with a lot of it i think for me the thing is like i saw that tension in episodes before of jennifer realizing what she actually wants is to have supportive female friendships and that's not what she signed up for when she decided to stand tree and be like hugger number one but what i saw in the most recent episode and what i have seen as the bitch of the after shows is someone who is now embracing that role so whatever happened at peak emotional vulnerability with the reveal of the Bills affair, I see her leaning in a little bit more with a little bit of like relish yeah. to the Teresa of it all versus how she was even in last week's episode, not the newest one. I think also sometimes we see they 
get to a certain place during filming and then whatever happens between then and when they're doing the after show, going on Watch What Happens Live, doing the reunion, sometimes things can shift again or you can be kind of, you can go back to a different place. And I think on the OC reunion, we saw that a little bit with Heather and Shannon that toward the end of the season, it seemed like they had sort of like settled their shit a little bit. And from the beginning of the season, we had gotten to a place that was like a little more positive between the two of them, or at least not as not as negative. Yeah. And then at the reunion, it really felt like Heather all of a sudden was not in the mood for Shannon's shit anymore or again. And like, it felt like we had kind of taken some steps back in terms of them maybe being friends a little bit. Um, yes. Although then Heather did that whole rewriting of like, when I told you explicitly, I was going to sue you and ruin your life and the life of your family. I didn't actually mean that even though every indication from my past behavior, legal and otherwise would signify or, you know, give the little, uh, spoiler alert that I absolutely meant when I said, but I feel like there's a difference on Orange County and Jersey and selling sunset when it comes to like the way that I look at you as a target versus being the correct target. Like the rest of the cast in Orange County, I think looks at Shannon as being the target versus New Jersey where these women are like, you are the correct target when they look at Teresa. Like if we want to, you know, use Selling Sunset a little bit more, there is a little bit of like a Chriselle, Christine moment happening right now with Melissa and Teresa mm. and with a lot and with Marge and Teresa, this idea of like, I don't want to film with you right now. Not that I think that you're making anything up for cameras, exactly the opposite. I just don't want to be on this show with you because I don't like your energy an awful lot. Right. And that is interesting to me because it's the way that we're looking at production. They're not saying she's doing anything for camera time, nor should she, nor should they. I don't think that she is. That's not a part of Teresa's identity. But they are saying, we want to have a fun show. Right. And you're bringing us down. And I think with that equation, however you feel about Jennifer, I think if Teresa was not there right now, everybody would be getting along just fine. Maybe not 100%, but that it's like, Teresa is the reason that there is real turmoil within the group right now. I think that they would still have issue with Jennifer, but I think it would be lighter and easier to get through because they would still have these moments of connection, like Jennifer and Dolores talking about cheating and fidelity and, yeah. and going through that or deciding to leave a relationship because of it. Like there would still be the way that Melissa and Jen were like joking with each other during recording. There was this one little moment where they were kind of like joshing with yeah. each other that I thought was really delightful to see. And I think we would have more opportunity for that if Teresa wasn't there, but I don't think that they would be getting along. I don't think that Melissa ultimately likes Jen. I think that what they're trying yeah. to aim for is empathy for each other, which might go in a direction that neither of them particular or that Melissa doesn't like when it comes to the reunion. Yeah, I'm... I don't know what to expect from that reunion at all. I mean, I just had Melissa on AG and mm -hmm. she said some stuff about Jen that I was like, oh, okay, we really don't like each other, apparently. like, And the way that Melissa was talking about Teresa, the look in her eyes when she was like, I don't know when the wedding is, I, you know, yada, yada. And she said on... On Watch What Happens, she said that she and Teresa have not spoken 
since the reunion taping, which was a few weeks ago. Which, you know, I do think they get together as family and are they texting each other every day normally? No. So it's like, that does sound shocking. It does not sound completely wild, but also Melissa's really not happy with how Teresa is treating her friends, let alone the fact that Teresa is like, defend me now. Say that your good friend who's never done anything wrong to you is a dick. Like the way that she is right. putting Teresa into that position while also not giving her a single thing is probably very irritating. Right. And especially when it's been like a 10 year saga, even just from what we've seen on TV of it's like, yeah, like I, I'm your sister-in-law. Like t- t- say Margaret's a bitch. Say Margaret's a bitch. And it's like, uh, uh, like, I don't. Like I don't want to. Right, it's like being a good sister-in-law in like a holistic sense is one thing, but like I'm not just going to like out of left field say that my friend is the worst person on the planet because you told me to. Like it's not being a good sister-in-law is not the same as like taking orders. That is quite literally what being a good sister sister-in-law is to Teresa. That right. is only what it is, but it doesn't work Teresa should never have to receive an order, but she should always be able to give it and have it happen immediately. And I think that's a combination of like Teresa's family stuff, whatever family dynamic, weird tension yada has happened with, you know, even Teresa and Joe. And it's also Teresa's, I'm the star, do what I say right now. Right. And that in some cosmic sense, Melissa has done something so horrible to Teresa at some point that she will always be in Teresa's debt and at any time at any moment in perpetuity whatever Teresa needs from Melissa is Melissa's fault and that it's like there's no kind of like there's no sort of like context needed it's like no defend me no I said I stick up for me I'm your sister-in-law and like it feels like Obviously, they've had their issues. There have, I'm sure there have been times when Melissa was not the most supportive, whatever, when their relationship wasn't great. But it's like, you don't just have like a free coupon forever to tell her what to do. You know, when people have kids or whatever, as you know, no. I'm, a, I'm a parent. I do have my fish son, PK Kemsley Galley. He right. says hello, by the way. Right. He waves a little thin. Hi, um, hey, PK. Um, I got him a plant, by the way, for bedding because he continues to sleep on the floor. Very he's exciting. throwing a tantrum at home, but he's, he's doing okay. Uh, forgot to feed him. Just note to self. Um, you know how when, a, you know, like you hear parents on social media or whatever and they're like introducing their baby to the toddler child and there's always that idea or that joke or that genuine concern that the child the older child your toddler is not going to accept the newborn Mm -hmm. and is upset that that newborn is getting attention yeah i think that is the reality of what happened when Teresa's brother decided to date that like he did his best to introduce himself as both the parent and the whomever of introducing the newborn to the toddler in the hopes that the toddler would accept the newborn's existence. And that never happened with Teresa and any of Joe's girlfriends. And we're watching that continue to exist of Teresa seeing Melissa as an impediment to her total attention and affection by her parents and by her brother of like you are my competition you shouldn't exist sometimes I'm 
kind of okay with you being here, but otherwise you work for me. And I think that that's going to continue forever. Uh, certainly it will continue. <laughs> certainly it will continue at this season's reunion. The finale is tomorrow night. I'm nervous. Ah, uh, ah, uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but is I'm excited. it? Am I the only one who thinks it's a little weird that the reunion is happening or that the finale is happening while they're still in Nashville? They did that um, with OC. They did that. They were still on the Aspen trip at the beginning of the finale and they came home and then Shannon's rock and roll party was the finale event. Rock and roll. I mean, to me, that really just says that just tells me that nothing really happened at the like finale party. Right. Which, I mean, whatever. It happens. I thought that was weird for OC, though. I was like, this isn't the finale. There's no announcement. Well, I think with, with Jersey also, it's just like their seasons are kind of short. So it's like, are, oh, we have, like, you could have just done like one more episode. Why is it short? I don't understand it. It's a good season. I don't know. I mean, I think there is something to be said for if it's a good season of 13 episodes, then maybe that's all it needs to be. And maybe if they stretched it to True. 17, that's it wouldn't be as compelling. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Is it? So the OC reunion is two episodes. Yes. Is New Jersey going to be two or is it definitely three? I don't think we officially know, but in the past, in the past couple of years, at least one of the Jersey reunions was only two parts. Because I went to IMDb because James LaRosa was on Andy's Girls and said something, 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 the next episode is the finale. And I said, that's absolutely not the case because they're still in Nashville. It was absolutely wrong. But when I went to IMDb to look up when the finale is and was like, oh, it is this week. I saw reunion part one and part two. I did not see reunion part three. I was actually a little bit surprised. I'm not sure, but we'll find out. We will find out. We will find out. In the meantime, this was so fun. Thank you for coming on, Sarah. Always a pleasure. Thank you for having me in the studio. I've never felt fancier in my entire life, and it is a role I was. Well, I'm glad I could. I, to play. I'm glad I could give you this Thank experience. You. Thank you. Um, tell everyone where they can find you, listen to you, and everything. You can find me on Instagram at Dame Galley, which I highly recommend because I did post um, some photos of the Clawfish and a, an item that was gifted to me by a certain Beverly Hills housewife and her housewife animator husband that I think fans of BH and also Disney would be curious to see. So on Instagram at Dean Galley and Andy's Girls, the podcast that I've hosted for 736 years. Um, and I'm so fortunate to, ha- to have had you as a guest co-host for so many illuminating episodes. You can listen to semi-weekly and um, it's uh, we consider it a mix of C-SPAN and Ayanla Fix My Life. It's all about unpacking the psychology behind The Real Housewives. So you can listen to Andy's Girls wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, like the one that I'm on right now. Amazing. And like Sarah said, don't forget to rate, review, and follow this show wherever you listen. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge Morales Pico. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. 
Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.